Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Pizza Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and we probably should have just recorded this one before Thursday's game because, folks, it followed the blueprint 100%. We love the New York Yankees, the best team that absolutely never does this. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. Unless that mailbag question is, when are the Yankees going to figure out that running the same group of people out there in the exact same order actually produces the same exact results? Because apparently never. They are never going to realize that. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Uh, no, we're not just complaining about game one of a 162-game season. We are complaining about a loss that felt exactly like every loss we've experienced in big moments over the past several years. Uh, it happened again, and it's probably going to happen again repeatedly throughout this season. Yeah, I'm here. Very reluctant to be here. I don't. Why, why, why do the Yankees have to make me be more of an angry guy after the first day of the season? It's so annoying that we even have to complain. But you're right. If we lost this game eight, nothing, it'd be like, yeah, whatever. Cole had a bad it's day. Opening day. Who cares? Opening Who cares? day. Uh, Blue Jays were seeing the ball. Well, eh, you know, it losses happened. First game of the season. We got 161 left. Who gives a shit? But this was this was a tailor made Yankees loss. And they started off the brand new 2021 season in which the we have the highest World Series hopes as we have in probably a decade with the exact same way they ended the 2020 season. Terrible situational hitting, terrible at bats at the plate, 
They struck first of all. Uh, I we I forgot to add this into the post game article yesterday between Jugs 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 <laughs> Aaron Jugs uh, between Judge Hicks Stanton Glaber and Urshela, which are hitters numbers two through six. Yep, they struck out a combined you guessed it twelve times. Uh, how and six of those came from Stanton and Hicks, who both looked absolutely clueless at the plate. Stanton and Hicks both struck out on three pitches in the uh, 10th inning, but the runner on second rule, the Yankees finished 0 for nine with runners in scoring position. And it was a three, two loss and everything Aaron judge. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to get on anybody's case, but grounding into a double play in the seventh inning with the bases loaded is just inexcusable. The Yankees had a runner on second with that. This was not the extra innings rule. So two innings in a row, ninth and 10th, they had runner on second, no outs, couldn't get the runner home. Um, and oh, on top, obviously on top of that, the bullpen does its job, but always. Also, the bullpen always, always does its job, by the way, in, in yeah. playoff losses, in all these important games, the bullpen always keeps a deadlock long and more than long enough. Yeah, and if I'm going to be happy about anything, Darren O'Day looked fucking awesome. So I'm have I know he I know he took 22 pitches to get through that inning, but I'll take that any day of the week. Loisaga, great. Chad Green, one and two thirds innings did exactly what he had to do. Um, and you know I promised I wouldn't talk about Garrett Cole because I'm not going to say anything until May if I'm frustrated. But uh, it, just the way the entire team ended last year, Game Five ALDS against the Rays, just not a good enough start. Five and a third innings. Two earned runs, five hits, and two walks is just not a good enough start. He, Hinjin Ryu had a better start, you know, just uh, Cole had three more strikeouts. That was it. He, Ryu gave up one fewer hit and one fewer walk. So Garrett Cole on par with Hinjin Ryu, uh, with the Blue Jays missing their best hitter. Uh, it's it's game one, I understand, but Cole did pitch good enough, so I'm going to leave it at that, and this is once again on the lineup, and why this pisses me off more than anything else is because how many teams outscored the Yankees yesterday? Pretty much every the Pirates outscored the Yankees against Kyle Hendricks. The, the Rangers Ca- and Royals had the a Rangers fiesta. and Royals combined for 24 runs. The fucking Cardinals destroyed Luis Castillo. The Astros put up eight runs. Like, why are the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Dodgers put up five runs in like in an abysmal performance for them. They, they had a terrible game against the Rockies and looked as uncharacteristic as they have in, in recent years. And they still could have used it. one swing of the back could have changed the entire game for them in the ninth inning uh, when they were down three. So and this is just what pisses me off about the Yankees. It, it's it's the same old shit. It's it's it, it's six hits. They how many how many walks they have one two three four five six six walks so they're on base twelve times they cash in with two runs like I said zero for nine with runners in scoring position I I don't know why why am I complaining about this I don't know well of course this is a Yankees overreaction pod but the worst argument that people make is it's only one game it's your it's opening day why why are these games played if I can't react to them first and foremost (laughs) oh I guess. We shouldn't. Have, I guess we shouldn't have played this game. Like I, I, we watched it. It happened, and they lost it. It took four hours, and I hated it. After waiting six months for baseball, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna react to it first off. Uh, but second, no Yankee fans are not reacting strongly to losing opening day. Which, by the way, they have somehow won three opening days in a row before this. But I think they lost seven straight prior to that. They never win opening day. Obviously, this does not doom the season losing opening day. The Dodgers lost. The White Sox lost. Everybody's favorite teams all lost opening day yesterday. So reset. Cool. I understand. I understand all that. 
But Yankee fans are not reacting to losing opening day. They're not even reacting to losing opening day. Frustratingly, they are reacting to having been told for five months that this year was different. This team was on a mission, which we have heard before. This is not the only time we have heard this. Um, but th they have been told that repeatedly. And then, of course, day one, curtain up, and they lose opening day the exact way they have lost every season-ending playoff game for the last several years. Garrett Cole, good, very good, not great. Gives up a game-tying home run in the sixth inning in much the same way he gave up the Austin Meadows homer in a game with no margin for error to end the 2020 postseason, right? There is zero margin for error here, and twice Cole has allowed a long ball to tie the game and, and remove, you know, basically even serve for the other team. In both of these games, the Yankees' best chance has been the pitching just absolutely going off because you know what the offense is going to do. So, Two out of the last two times, Cole unable to hold that one-run lead. Not the end of the world, but ultimately it was because the Yankees' offense, all they do is put guys on base. All, all they do is put guys on base and not cash them in. Uh, first and second, two outs in the fifth, no run. First and second, two outs in the sixth, no run. Base is loaded, one out for Aaron Judge, 2-1 pitch. Only one way he can't score a run here in the bottom of the seventh of the game tied. He manages to do it. Mike Talkman on second with nobody out in the ninth, like you said, gets third with one out, great. DJ LeMahieu somehow decides for the first time in his life to swing at a low sinker, an 86-mile-an-hour pitch, and top it over to third base. Talkman had every right to run there, by the way, because yeah. every Yankee fan with half a brain knew Aaron Judge was striking out after that no matter what. So you want to strand him at third, or you want to strand a guy at second. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> For the first time, I mean, just again and again and again, we are assured that this team is going to play differently, that something intrinsically in the team's DNA has changed, allowing them to concentrate more in moments like this, allowing them to realize that they need to reclaim the mantle as the dominant team in the league, in baseball, and then time, and then the first reminder of what they do is not a reminder of their greatness, but a reminder of how they have ended the previous several seasons. The pitching is never the issue in these seasons swinging losses. Every time the pitching has delivered in 2017, 18, 19, I mean, except for the Luis Severino game when he forgot when the game was starting in the 2018 playoffs, which is the one uncharacteristic playoff run where this team didn't really have a shot because they were facing a stupid 108-win Red Sox team, and we can save that for another day. But 17, 19, 20, the pitching generally showed up and did enough to keep them in the game, though not dominate, and then the offense did nothing, handed a million chances, and chose to just walk off into the sunset instead of accomplishing anything. Here is the one other thing I will say about this. And, and obviously this is game. I mean, look, if you're, if you clicked on this podcast, you're looking for our game one overreactions. You are not clicking on this podcast to be assured that everything's going to be okay, because that's not the mood that you're in. Nobody watched that game. Like we all know this team will win games. Nobody's like, all right, well, this is a last place team. Like nobody's that stupid, but we are overreacting because what we just watched is reminiscent of the worst things we've seen over the past several years. And we know we are going to look back on this in June and go, that's crazy. We we've just won six in a row. We were concerned about DJ LeMahieu not being able to get a runner in from third. We are so dumb. And then we're going to look back at these overreactions again in October and go, yeah, we were right. They did it again. This didn't happen again. Um, this is the, this is the year. This is the only year in this pod where supposedly there isn't a big bad bully in the Yankees way, right? 2017, it was like, uh, it, you know, great team, inspiring, fun story, but the Indians have 100 plus wins. They're not going to beat them. Oh, they did beat them while well, the Astros knocked them out of the playoffs anyway. 2018, it's like cool, fun team, 100 wins. Uh, the Red Sox have, you know, 108. That's a shame. 2019, the Astros, the Yankees want a shot at revenge. Astros go, why did you want that? We're going to flick you out of the postseason again. Last year, the Rays. 
emerged in the 60 game season like we were told they would we laughed at it haha why are they built for a 60 game season well they were they pulled way ahead of the yankees they stomped him every chance they got during the regular season this year supposedly there is no one in the yankees way there is no big bad behemoth team the white Sox were supposed to be that roadblock they are not a playoff lock and they lost eloy jimenez and they lost opening day too so they're not feeling very good uh right now the Dodgers are the big baddies, but you have to get to the World Series to face them. The Yankees are supposed to be sort of the preeminent team in the American League. But guess what? Opening day, you're given the Blue Jays, the team with the best offense that isn't the Yankees in the American League, and they're given a chance to usurp them on day one, and they do. They hold them in every situation where they have to hold them. They get the clutch hit. The Yankees don't. Given the free guy at second base, the Blue Jays say, thank you for the gift like the good Yankees teams used to at the end of the dynasty. And the Yankees say, can we have a gift receipt? We don't want that present. Keep that guy on second base. So... I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not doom saying, but I am throwing cold water on the fact that all we have is a one game sample. And in that one game sample, the Yankees had a chance against probably the other best offense they'll face missing George Springer. Uh, and that other offense managed to come through in the opportunities that they didn't yet again. Yeah, correct. Uh, I want to do give pr- uh, credit where credit is due Marcus Simeon, but that I know he went over five on the day with two strikeouts, but he robbed DJ LeMay of an RBI single uh, in the hole. Um, playing second base, dove into in the right field grass, snagged it, threw DJ out, run would have came home. That could have changed the entire complexion of the game. But there, and, there it is again, though. The other team's best yes. players performing up to the standard yep. while the Yankees' best players shrink back. Exactly. Uh, Glaber, not good defense again. Two miscues. Let, we, just uh, nonchalantly trying to backhand a ball. Goes right under his glove. And then uh, the play up the middle where... You kind of see the ball coming. He sees the ball coming at him and he's just like taking his time sliding over instead of like coming at it. Um, and then it takes the bad hop and then he panics and then he throws it. He throws it over to first base. Terrible hop for uh, Jay Bruce runner safe. Um, I know nothing actually came out of that inning, but um, it's uh, it's just not a good sign. But also I want to give props to Vladdy. He looked he looked tremendous at first base, dude. He was picking shit out of the dirt. He was, he really, he had one gaffe and it was because he, he tried to make a stretch on a, the Clint F- Frazier infield single. Um, and he came off the bag, but he had no, he had no other option. Um, the, the biggest problem here for the Yankees. I mean, after Hinjin Ryu, who they probably should have tattooed, um, you got Tyler Chatwood, you got David Phelps, David you Phelps. got R- Rafael Dolis. Uh, like you got to get to those guys. You have three innings of those guys. Like that's where you got to cash in. You don't at all. I know JC Romano is pretty good. Um, and then Julian Merriweather who came in in the 10th and just struck out the side and made Hicks Stanton, um, and Glaber look like they never played baseball before. Blitzed him. Blitzed him. He's supposed just, to be good. I mean, yeah. he looked great. So cool. But still the, if the Yankees aren't getting to the middle of the blue Jays bullpen, which is easily the team's biggest weakness, uh, I like how this team, the Yankees top to bottom have a great team. And if they're not capitalizing on their opponent's weaknesses, then I don't understand what else they should be doing. Because you know, if the Yankees had a two, two game against Toronto on the road and they brought in David Phelps to contain the middle of the order and David Phelps loaded the bases for Vlad jr. Uh, how many times out of a hundred are the blue Jays not scoring in that scenario? They're scoring every time. And that's I, it for me. That's yeah, it for me. No, it, it's it's you're totally right. And the Rays, Blue Jays and even Red Sox for the past several years. It's just like if you put them in that scenario, middling reliever, you know, the, the matchups even out when it's middling middle innings reliever against heart of order with the bases loaded. It, it's sort of offense advantage offense there, no matter who theoretically is on the rest of the roster. And the Yankees time and again, turn that into absolute trash. 
Yeah, they did nothing against those three. Then Romano comes in. Romano's a solid reliever, but guess what? He walked two guys, gave the Yankees a prime opportunity. They got him up to 23 lead off pitches. Walk. You're yeah. supposed to cash that in. Once yeah, again, gift receipt. Point. The Yankees saying, can I exchange this? Thank you for the present. I would love to exchange this for store credit. Like, they, they are given presents, presents upon presents upon presents. 3-0 walk to Gary Sanchez to start the bottom of the ninth inning. Pinch runner steals second. Pinch runners eventually steals third. Steals third. <laughs> No outs. No, no outs. I, I don't, I just don't get it. And then poor Nick Nelson, dude, comes in with the stupid fucking extra innings rule with the runner on second, gives up a double to Grichuk, and then strikes out the next three batters. Of course, it was Grichuk, by the way. Yeah, of course, know, it was Grichuk. And Jonathan Davis scored like someone who uh, I don't think most of Major League Baseball knows Jonathan Davis, but I'm very well aware of him from cranking us last year. The, the Blue Jays have a team full of, you know, I went into this opening day with false hope, knowing that the Blue Jays have a roster full of people who have cranked us over the years and are now sort of coalescing into an actual contender instead of this annoying offense that beats up on the Yankees for half their games and disappears for the other half. And if I go in willfully ignorant, I'm just my blind Yankees optimism. Nah, this is the year because they told me it was going to be different. And then in comes the Blue Jays taming the beast yet again. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. Uh, obviously more crying. And then we're also going to eat crow on the Francisco Lindor thing a little bit. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So, I, I mean, obviously, a couple of Yankees do deserve credit for a great opening day and a yeah. fresh start. Gary Sanchez, uh, bomb, gunned to runner out at second base, took that huge walk, deserved better, and the bullpen stood out. To me. I mean, Garrett Cole did what Garrett Cole's supposed to do, largely good. Uh, I overall approve, for sure, of what Garrett Cole did, but the bullpen showed out. Jonathan Loisaga, who's going to be entrusted with higher leverage innings moving forward, was great in a higher leverage inning. Chad Green got the job done. Darren O'Day, nasty against the heart of the order. Nick Nelson, victimized by the dumbest rule in baseball, which I can't even tell for sure if it is going to sustain through the playoffs, by the way. I Googled, this. I Googled this today, and I'm pretty confident it didn't last year, right? Obviously, the Yankees didn't have a playoff run to be proud of, uh, so I, I don't recall. Um, they didn't play any extra inning playoff games. I believe it's going to be removed by the postseason, but I I don't know. I mean, much like the NHL gets rid of the shootout as soon as they can. I think that's what Major League Baseball is doing. But I tell you what, a little upsetting that I tried to look it up on Friday and it was inconclusive. So uh, hold yourself tight because you might have to be dealing with this for a long time. A, a rule that ruins baseball for insiders and does not do anything for non-fans. I mean, non-fans don't even know how extra inning games usually end and they don't stay till the end. So I don't really know how this helps anybody but i digress uh the yankees bullpen looked awesome they they held serve they did everything they were supposed to do that's why it's so frustrating that ultimately the offense outside of gary sanchez continued to do what the offense does in huge moments repeatedly yeah he had another hit i think he had a single too two for yeah, three he beat One out an score. infield single hit a bomb oh, yeah, that's right he did gunned yeah. a guy out at second yep. walked to start a game winning rally mm -hmm. there was nothing more on brand for that game than a gary sanchez walk off of some kind I know. especially oh. because of how he owned that narrative didn't get a pitch to hit in the ninth and took a huge walk and that's fine that's a great at bat from gary sanchez would have loved to have seen him take a rip on 3-0 but you know it was a pitch way inside and almost yeah. hit him uh, perfectly set up there. Also, not sure why. You know what, though? You know what was funny? Mike Talkman, the team's second fastest bench runner, pinch running instead of Tyler Wade, because you know 
Tyler Wade is getting a bad jump there or tagging yeah. up wrong on a fly ball or doing something absolutely ridiculous to run yeah. the Yankees out of that inning. So people laughing at that, I actually approve of Talkman over Wade. Fully approve. What Talkman was, uh, how many, Talkman was like six for six or seven for seven last year on stolen, stolen bases whenever he's he got was a bruised upon. chin or yeah. of some kind and he's still uh, just save it second, save it third. Great uh, job, Mike Talkman. No. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, I'm not going to get on his case, rare, terrible at bat for him. Um, but yeah. I don't know what that was about, but hey, but that's, yeah. that's Yankees juju. It's like the yeah. one person you want up in that spot also can't deliver. I mean, uh, hitters one, two, three, four, five, six hitters, one through six. Um, they had they had two hits and uh, three walks. And guess how many at bats? Uh, 23, 26, <laughs> cool. two for 26 with three walks. So uh, that's not going to get the job done, guys. But um, we do have to. I, I, I wanted to give props to Talkman, too. He came in, did exactly what he was asked to do. He, he got he got to third base and all they needed to do was lift the ball in the air. And then um, I. And but and the other thing about all this is that there were zero impressive hits aside from Gary Sanchez's home run. Clint Frazier had a bloop single um, and then that infield single where uh, uh, Vladdy came off the bag. Clint looks like he's running with fucking cement in his pants. I, I don't know what happened to him uh, over the course of spring training, but apparently he's now trapped in quicksand when he's running. Um, Gary had that infield single. Glaber had a nonsense bloop single that got in between Bichette and the left fielder and judge had a rocket single like up the middle. And that was it. Um, every, everything else was, was largely unimpressive. Um, but uh, I mean, it, I think another thing that's uh, that probably needs a little bit more attention, Chad green coming in in a bad spot uh, because Cole had given up the home run and then allowed another base runner uh, one out comes in first pitch, double play out of the inning gives Yankees new life. And then they do nothing with it. Um, so, uh, I don't really want to talk about this team anymore because I'm sure they're going to rebound on Saturday, but the biggest beef we have here, guys, is not that we're complaining to complain. It's like, I'll say it again. It's just, they start the season off with a patent loss with how they've lost every other year. And it's exactly how they lost to end the 2020 season. Heartbreaking, just not good enough all around, even though yes, Cole did pitch well, just it wasn't good enough. Five and a third, two earned against a lineup without their best hitter just is is not good enough. That's all I'm going to say. Not going to complain anymore. But and then you and then you put forth a, a terrible, terrible offensive performance against B rate pitchers at best. I know reuse solid, but it, the Yankees have rocked him before. He doesn't really have anything overly special. And guess what? He's a lefty and, and our entire lineup is righty. So that should be an advantage in some respect. Anyway. We're done talking about it. Let's make fun of ourselves so we can, you know, have it go full circle here. Um, and uh, surprisingly, I am surprised that we were wrong I am surprised. about Lindor. Uh, we thought he was going to hit free agency. We thought the Mets were going to blow this before opening day. Uh, but Steve Cohen at the buzzer. What was it like? 10 30, 11 o'clock right before opening day. Yeah, um, I was trying to go to bed a little early. So I, yeah. I'm inclined to say it was like right before I went to bed. And I always think that's like midnight, but I think it was like 11 or 10 45. Yeah. And uh, got the petty deal right in there, dude. Uh, 10 years, 341 million. Suck it, Tatis. You will <laughs> not be the highest paid shortstop. Um, and this is good news for all the other shortstops who are hitting the open market after this season. Nonetheless, um, Lindor is now attached to the Mets for the next 11 years because don't this extension will not kick in until next year. He is still he still has his third year of arbitration eligibility. Um but still, uh, I think for uh, the comfort of Mets fans, they took this 
way too far down to the wire. This should have been done within the month of him arriving in New York. Um, there wasn't much for either party to see. It's Lindor in New York in the large, in the best city in the world. And it's the Mets getting their hands on probably the best shortstop in the entire league. Um, and a player to build around for the next, at least, at least six, seven years. So, um, made everybody nervous It made Mets fans nervous. Not everybody else. Everybody else was hoping he'd, they would botch this because it would have been classic Mets fashion. It would have given another option um, on the free agent market next year, but the Mets got the job done and I guess we're the idiots. So we'll take it there. I mean, folks, here's my last 24 hours uh, or at least the 24 hours, Wednesday night into Thursday night. Uh, if you love me, if you hate me, if you're listening to this, you, you probably have, you probably like me a little bit, but some people listening to this definitely hate me. Here's my 24 hours. Uh, we record a loud, angry podcast about how funny it is that the Mets are blowing the Francisco Lindor situation. Even though I don't think the Yankees have designs of signing Lindor, I'm not yeah. doing it out of, I'm just doing it out of pure spite for Steve Cohen and Mets fans who made me who then pretended like Steve Cohen was going to purchase everybody and was going to change the way owners spent on free agents. And then when he was waffling on Lindor, we're suddenly like, oh, so you expect us to just outbid everyone by 40 million for fun? Yes, I do expect that because of what you told me about this stupid person who runs your team. So we do this spiteful Mets, Steve Cohen. It's all anti-Steve Cohen. It's all love Mets fans. You're twisting yourself into a pretzel to justify your owner's actions. I get it. We do it all the time. The Yankees never spend money. And we're like, well, of course, you can't pass the luxury tax because how are you supposed to? Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous is what we all do. No shade. No shame for Mets fans. We're all just blasting Steve Cohen. So we record this angry anti-Steve Cohen podcast on Wednesday. New York Knicks. Love that team. Uh, got a matchup with the worst team in the NBA, Minnesota Timberwolves. Proceed to blow a 13-point lead with nine minutes remaining and lose to the worst team in the NBA. Then Francisco Lindor extends with the Mets, makes us look stupid, and we run a podcast that's factually incorrect for 48 hours. Wake up the next day, opening day, can't wait, uh, love my New York Yankees. They do exactly what they've done repeatedly, but before that can happen, I'm also a huge North Carolina basketball fan. Roy Williams, coach, legend, my second father, retires in the morning for no reason. A team I follow that isn't even playing right now. Their season is over and will be over for seven months, punches me in the genitalia. So that's fantastic. Yankees opening day happens. Uh, team plays the most characteristic game of all time and loses naturally. Get to the evening. I have one last chance of redemption in the New York Rangers, my hockey team, facing the Buffalo Sabres, the worst team in the NHL. The Rangers give up a game-tying goal with 3.6 seconds remaining in that game. That's my 24 hours. The Rangers did win in overtime miraculously, and I would have put $10 trillion against them doing that based on the way my previous 24 hours had gone. But just so you know, that's where I'm at right now. And to add insult to injury, I'm a big reverse jinx guy. I hate them. And you know who else is a big reverse jinx guy? Bill Simmons, the most annoying man in sports media and the king of Boston who never has enough. The 20-year run of Boston sports, it's never enough for him. You know what the name of the podcast he ran on Thursday was? With new hire John Jastrzemski from New York, a yeah, New York that. sports renaissance. So Bill knows what he's doing. Bill's not kidding around. Bill, it's never enough for him. He's a 50-year-old man who operates like a 13-year-old, uh, and he's going to try as hard as possible to reverse Jinx New York sports. So let me try to one-up you, Bill. Uh, the Patriots, all their spending this, this offseason, it was genius. Everything they did was so smart. They definitely didn't paper over any holes with expensive contracts for third-string tight ends. Uh, the Patriots are going to look great. Cam Newton, rejuvenated season. The Red Sox, I love what they did. Alex Cora is worth four to five wins alone. This is a wild card or division contending team. Can't wait till they uh, open on uh, Friday. And rained out opening day when there's no rain is not bad karma at all. It's actually great karma 
to call a game preemptively when there's absolutely no rain. So another win in the Red Sox column. Uh, is there a better duo in the NBA than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? I don't think so. And the Boston Bruins seem primed for one last title run, a red-hot team. Uh, and Holy Cross basketball also. Huge recruiting cycle for them. Uh, so good luck, Bill. Best of luck. Seriously, I mean that, honestly. Yeah, speaking of Boston, dude, like another reason this Yankees loss just sucks is because the Red Sox fans had their fucking opening day delayed. And then, of course, this was their opening day where where else were their eyes? They were watching the Yankees because what would what would you be doing if you're a Yankees fan? Opening day gets rained out and you have the Red Sox versus the Orioles. You're going to fucking tune into that game to see if the Red Sox can beef it and make you enjoy opening day in some capacity. And of course, the Red Sox, knowing very well how we operate and how we lose games and how we con- consistently provide heartbreak for the fan base. Watch the Yankees lose in that backbreaking fashion in, in a game that should have been over by the sixth or seventh inning. And then y- you get the tweets, you get the tweets, you get everything on social media, laughing at the Yankees, duh Yankees lose just the dumbest shit imaginable. And it's just, it's giving a voice to people who shouldn't have one. And that's what that's another thing that the Yankees did that that made this loss unbearable. And yeah, though, I mean, the last four it. years of my life, I've just been blinking through the dumbest shit imaginable. Like we've been waiting. We're still waiting. And we know how this goes. The Yankees will soon win a game nine two. they'll yes. win one eleven four. It will happen. But there will also be moments like this. And we're going to be spending 162 games crossing our fingers and toes that they don't happen during the postseason. That's it. That's the end. That's the end all be all. That's the end of the podcast. That's the end of the podcast. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We will be back on Monday. You already know what it is. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be having a different conversation because how many more of these can you really tolerate in a row? It's got to be. It's very difficult. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't listen after the beginning. I... I seek out, uh, this might be all Red Sox fan listeners, because that's what I do. When the Red Sox lose a game like this, I'm queuing up the Section 10 podcast, and I'm listening to you know them uh, do exactly what we just did. Uh, make sure to find us, though, for happier times on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question, if that is something that strikes your fancy. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib, and you can find me either on Twitter at Adam Weinrib, or I might deactivate my Twitter if this weekend is just as bad as Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Thomas Garanante. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, seek me out on Facebook if you want. I'll I'll talk some trash there, I guess. Oh, I used to be in yeah, a lot of I'm uh, on letterboxed. <laughs> I used to I used to go into Red Sox Facebook groups and just talk shit. But those days are long gone. That was like 15 years ago. What did Carabas um, tell you to do? Suck a brick? No, I told him to suck a brick. And then he quote tweeted me. And then I got it. And he called it the lamest insult of all time. Oh, um, yeah. And then all the boss people were like, yeah, dude, that's the worst insult I've ever heard in my life. And I've been alive. Yeah, like Jared, can I kiss you, bro? <laughs> uh, but anyway, find me on, uh, on Twitter at Tommy's underscore takes. You can find us on Twitter at Yank Go Yard FS. Uh, we were regretfully live tweeting that game. Uh, very disappointed. Um, also, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got content coming out the next two days. Yankees are off today, so we will fully be complaining for the rest of the day until they put up a 10 spot. Hopefully tomorrow uh, when they face Ross Stripling and the Toronto Blue Jays again. So, uh, boys, perfect time to rebound. Um, try to enjoy yourself on this Pizza Friday, folks. Uh, and we have a full weekend of Yankees baseball coming. So uh, let's get let's get a nice rebound here and put all the thought put all the bad thoughts in the rear view. We'll talk to you next on Monday. It is nice that there is more Yankees baseball for once. Not a 60 game season, but 162 gamer. Keep the faith, stay with it, and maybe they'll fix this thing at some point. 
Until Monday, see ya. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.